slides it out for Ekblad. Back to Hoffman, blocked by Polak and Rice! Another spectacular stop! Broussard tees it up and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Marcel with the open net and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian, and I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. All right, welcome to the Friday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, Islanders complete a successful road trip with a 3-1 win in Florida. We will break down the game, tell you what happened and why. Plus, we will preview Saturday's home game against the Buffalo Sabres and take a look back at this date in Islanders history. All this and more coming up on today's show. And let's start off with a look back at last night's exciting 3-1 win over the Florida Panthers. Islanders sweep the season series from Florida. That's always a good thing. Three wins in three games and a close game all the way around. A defensive struggle for the most part and that's more or less what you expected between these two teams. Sergei Bobrovsky in goal for Florida. Tomas Grice in goal for the Islanders, as expected, as the rotation between the Islanders' top two goalies continues. So, the Islanders had some good scoring chances early, about five minutes into the first period. Johnny Boychuk with a hard shot from the right point, but Bobrovsky made the save. Johnston was in there looking for a rebound, but Bobrovsky covered it up, did not allow it. And the score remained 0-0. Meanwhile, a few minutes later, the Panthers had a quality scoring chance. A couple of them, one by Ekblad, uh, who was in the crease, but Grice making the save. And again, Tomas Grice doing his job and keeping this game at 0-0 throughout the first period. It was Jordan Eberle who had a takeaway behind the Florida goal. He set up Anders Lee, but Lee powerless at that point. The Islanders gave up a power play opportunity late in the first period. That was one of the things they did not want to do, but Johnny Boychuk called for roughing Frank Vetrano. Time of that penalty was 15:25, but the Islanders were able to kill that penalty. They only had one shot on goal, and... Grice able to stop Trocek on that one. So after 20 minutes, Florida was out shooting the Islanders by a margin of 8-7, to seven, but the score remained all knotted at 0-0. Zero and zero. So both goalies with strong first periods and the Islanders on the road had to be happy with the way that period played out. Now late in the first period, Vetrano, who we mentioned earlier, he was called for tripping Devin Tay's time of that penalty, 1942, and that meant that the Islanders were going to start the second period with the extra attacker, and they had a minute 43 left on the power play when the period started, and 49 seconds into the period, a shot from Devin Taves 
at the blue line, gets through the traffic, beats Bobrovsky, and it's Taves third on the power play. Jordan Eberle and Anders Lee with the helpers, and just like that, the Islanders And that was a good setup. I mean, Lee was in front of the net like he usually is, trying to distract Bobrovsky. Barzal was between the circles. Lots of traffic. Hard for Bobrovsky to see the puck. And Taves puts it home. So the Islanders get a second power play. Trocek off for holding at 4.07. And the Islanders again take advantage. Some pretty passing in this sequence. And Matthew Barzal, his team leading 13th. Eberly and Bailey this time with the assist. So two helpers for Jordan Eberly in this one. Time of the goal, 440. Barzal, his 13th from Eberly and Bailey. And a lot of nice puck movement setting up that power play goal for the New York Islanders. So not even five minutes into the second period. And the Islanders were holding a 2 to nothing lead. And for the Islanders, a bit of a milestone, courtesy of statistician Eric Hornick. For the, this was the first time since February 21st of this year in Edmonton that the Islanders had two power play goals in a period. Now, the uh, lead would not last as the Islanders gave up a two-on-one breakaway and Mike Hoffman scored his 12th goal of the year from Mark Pissick and Brett Connolly, time of the goal, 9.36. So before we even get to the midpoint, the Islanders' lead is cut to 2-1. Two to one. There was some heavy hitting out there uh, on the ice. Dan Boyle with a good hard check on Pellick at one point, but Anders Lee goes after him, and they drop the gloves, and as a result, we end up with the following penalties. Lee gets two for instigating uh, in this case and five for fighting and Boyle gets the five for fighting. So in the end, Anders Lee defending his teammate after that hard check and he ends up with the fight. So, you know, you don't see that. Lee, two for instigating, five for fighting and a 10-minute misconduct. Boyle just getting five for fighting. But you know what? I'll have to say this. And it's a tricky situation. Sometimes you actually like when a player defends his teammate. Even if it is going to result in that 10-minute misconduct or the extra instigator penalty, you got to stand up for your teammates and set a certain tone in the game of hockey. It was a lot more true 10, 20 years ago and more than it is today. But you got to pick your shots and you got to take your chances. But... While this did hurt the Islanders not having Anders Lee available for the rest of the period, practically, it also sent a message to the Florida Panthers that you're not going to take advantage of our players. And I think that that message was certainly sent and received, and that was a good thing for the Islanders. Now, Pellick went back into the Islanders' locker room, had to get checked up, had repairs done, but... He was okay when all was said and done. And as a result, play continued. Matt Martin went out on the power play unit since Anders Lee was in the box. When the Islanders got their next power play opportunity, it was Vincent Trocek 
for tripping Matthew Barzal at 14:25, but the Islanders were unable to convert. In fact, they really didn't get much accomplished. And after two periods, the game was Islanders 2, Panthers 1, shots all even at 20 apiece. We've got a lot more to talk about. We will discuss the third period of this game. Plus, we'll have this date in Islanders history and a full preview of Saturday's home game against Buffalo. Stay with us. More to talk about on the Locked On Islanders podcast. So the third period gets underway, and the Islanders got good news as Adam Pellick came out and was with the Islanders skating on the ice at the beginning of the third period. And as can be expected when you're clinging to a one-goal lead, most of the play in the Islanders' zone, and you don't want to see that as an Islanders fan, but it's kind of expected. When push comes to shove, the team that's desperate, the team that needs the goal, is going to be a little bit more aggressive. And finally, the Islanders do get a counterattack going. And of course, it was the fourth line that draws a penalty. Sezikis tripped up by Mackenzie Weger. Two minutes for tripping at 5.09 of the period, and the Islanders had another power play chance. Matt Martin getting more power play time with Anders Lee on the bench, and he's going to go in front of the net and sort of play that same role that Lee usually plays on the power play, going down there and stirring things up just outside the crease. But Islanders unable to cash in on that power play opportunity, and now it would go the other way. Ryan Pulak called for tripping at 10.06. He tripped up Frank Vetrano, and now it was Florida's chance to come up and have the man advantage, and the Islanders had a very good penalty kill. Overall, they were aggressive. They attacked the puck. They kept the Panthers on the outside, and as a result, you know, Kudos to Cal Clutterbuck and Brock Nelson, who really did a good job on the PK, and the Islanders killed off all three Florida power play chances in this game. Special teams playing a huge role in tonight's contest for the Islanders. The Islanders power play two for four, the Islanders penalty killing three for three. So what's going on? With that, Grice, again, coming up big. He had Conley near the post on one play, a little bit past the halfway mark of the second period. But Grice got his right pad on the puck and, again, comes up with that important save in the third period. Then Grice, at one point in the third period, loses his stick, but the Panthers were unable to take advantage. They passed the puck around the perimeter, but did not get the puck down low did not get the puck in an area where they had a quality shot available, so they are unable to take advantage of Grice losing his stick with just under three minutes left. With just under a minute remaining, Bobrovsky heads off ice for the extra attacker, and an empty net goal results. Anders Lee, the empty netter with exactly 3.0 seconds left in the game, and that clinches the win for the Islanders. They go 2-1 and one on defense first, and you got to give them credit for that. So a 3-1 to one win for the New York Islanders, and they finish 
which is always uh, the way you want to go. Winning a road trip is important, and the Islanders manage to keep pace with the Washington Capitals in that tight metropolitan division. Interesting statistic here. The Islanders now 56-2-3 under Barry Trotz when scoring three or more goals in a game. So that's dating back to the beginning of last season. 56 wins, two losses, three overtime losses when the Islanders under Barry Trotz score three or more goals in a game. A few statistical notes from this contest. The scratches, Leo Komarov and Nick Letty. So Letty was not quite ready to go today. And that also means, by the way, that Noah Dobson has now played in his ninth NHL game. He was credited with one hit in 11 minutes and 24 seconds of action. And by the way, Anders Lee, a Gordie Howe hat trick in this one. He had a goal, the empty netter. He had an assist on one of the first two goals. And of course, he won his fight. So Lee, one goal, one assist, two points, a plus one, and 17 penalty minutes in this contest. He scored on the only shot he took. Not as many hits, and we talked about this uh, as something that was going to be expected. Handed out in Florida, actually leading the Islanders in hits, Matt Martin with three. I think Matt Martin gets that many on a shift when he's playing a home game. No Islander player awarded more than three hits in this contest by the official scorer in Florida. Other statistics of note, Scott Mayfield, five blocked shots in this game. Mayfield really taking a few for the team, and it showed. Uh, And again, the defenseman with Devon Tays getting a goal uh, continued to contribute offensively for the New York Islanders. In the faceoff circle, a little bit of a struggle. Casey Sezekis, Brock Nelson, usually their two best. They both go 8-8 eight and eight in the face-off circle for 50%. Matt Barzell wins 3 out of 7. Josh Bailey wins 5 out of 9. So pretty even overall in the face-off circle. Derek Broussard, 3 out of 7. So not their best game. Ross Johnston continuing uh, to play well, but a few less minutes out there now. 9 minutes, 39 seconds for him. And Barzal leading all forwards in ice time with 21 minutes. Ryan Pulak leads all Islander players with time on ice at 23 minutes and 49 seconds. All right, uh, don't forget, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can email us your questions, your comments, or suggestions on topics that you want us to discuss. The email address, LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. Just leave your name and where you're from, and we'll be happy to read your question or comment on the air. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Locked On Isles, and you could follow me on Twitter at Ice Wars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I. And we'll keep you up to date on all things happening in and around the world of the New York Islanders. Still to come, this Dayton Islanders history and a full preview of the Islanders' home game against Buffalo Saturday afternoon. Stay with us. Lots more to come on the Locked On Islanders podcast. All right, it's time for this date in Islanders history. We take you back to December 13th, 1983 at the Nassau Veterans Memorial Coliseum. A Stanley Cup rematch between the Edmonton Oilers 
and the New York Islanders. Not only was it the Stanley Cup matchup of a year before, but it would be the Stanley Cup Finals matchup again at the end of this season, and the Islanders got off to a quick start. I'm going to go over how many Hall of Famers played in this game. Islanders get off quickly. Mike Bossy just 28 seconds into the game, beats Grant Fuhrer, and it's Bossy's 22nd from Trottier and Gillies, and the Islanders lead 1-0. Bossy wasn't done. Three and a half minutes later, at the 3.51 mark, Bossy's 23rd from Dennis Potvin, and the Islanders led 2-0. Quickly, the Islanders add to their lead at 4.19, so just 28 seconds later. Butch Goring, his eighth of the year from Tomas Janssen, and the Islanders have a 3-0 lead. So what happens? We get a little physical out there. Lee Fogelin of Edmonton and Greg Gilbert of the Islanders, a slash for Fogelin, elbowing for Gilbert. That sort of calms things down, lets the Oilers regroup a little bit, and regroup they do at the 12-13 mark of the first period. Kevin Lowe, the defensive defenseman, gets his fourth goal of the year from Willie Lindstrom, and suddenly it is a 4-1 hockey game. But the Islanders extend their lead at 13-37 of period one. Dwayne Sutter, his seventh from Gord Deneen and Brent Sutter, and the Islanders have a 5-1 lead after 20 minutes and an excited Coliseum crowd really getting into it. More rough stuff early on in the second period, just a minute and 16 in, Paul Coffey and John Tanelli going at it. Coffey gets two for roughing, two for slashing. Tanelli two for roughing, two for slashing. And so no manpower advantage. But again, these two teams going at it, it's intense, it's physical. These were the two best teams in hockey back then. The Edmonton Oilers get on the board on the power play. Later in the period, Dennis Potvin called for holding at 16-26, and that Oiler power play was deadly back then. Paul Coffey, unassisted, his 14th of the year on the power play at 16-54, and suddenly the Islanders' lead was 6-2. But the Islanders increased their lead. Just a little less than 30 seconds later, it's Goring, his second of the game, 10th of the season, from Bob Nystrom and John Tanelli, and the Islanders all of a sudden have a 7-2 lead after 40 minutes. But did anybody really think it was going to be that easy? We're talking about the Oilers. We're talking about a team with so much talent and they do come back. Just 30 seconds into the third period. Pat Hughes, his ninth from Dave Hunter and Kevin McClelland. And now the Oilers have three goals. Willie Lindstrom scores his 11th of the year from Curry and Gretzky at 14.54. And all of a sudden, it's 7-4. to four. And Islander fans might be getting worried. The Oilers pull their goalie. And Butch Goring, now the Islanders TV color man, Finishes his hat trick with an unassisted empty net shorthanded goal, his 11th of the year at 17 15. But the power play continued and the Oilers did cash in. Gretzky from Lindstrom and Coffey at 1807, a power play goal for the great one. And the final score 
eight to five. Again, Grant Fuhr gives up seven goals in 35 shots for 35 saves while giving up five goals for the Islanders. And you look at the statistics from this game. So many great players on both teams and some really good multiple point efforts by those players. Trottier, a goal and an assist. Tonelli, two helpers. Dennis Potvin, two helpers. Butch Goring, four goals in this game on six shots. That six shots led the Islanders. Uh, Bossy, two goals in this game. Bossy, a plus three, as was Dennis Potvin. Gord Deneen, a plus four for the New York Islanders. Meanwhile, you go down the Edmonton Oilers roster and how many Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers, Glenn Anderson, Paul Coffey, Wayne Gretzky, Yari Curry, uh, Mark Messier, and then some other well-known players, quality players, like Kevin Lowe and Ken Linsman. So lots of great stars and well-known players on the ice, the two best teams in hockey, all of that on this date in Islanders history, December 13th, 1983. And uh, again, a Stanley Cup rematch and a preview of that year's Stanley Cup as well. Islander fans certainly going home happy. All right, this Saturday afternoon, a one o'clock start for the Islanders as they will play host to the Buffalo Sabres and the Islanders and Sabres have faced off once already with the Islanders winning that game by a score of one to nothing earlier last month. And uh, this will be the second meeting between these two clubs. Buffalo right now in second place in the tight Atlantic division. They are 15-11-6 on the season. That is good for 36 points. Ties them with Montreal for second place. Florida, one point behind them. Toronto, two points behind. Tampa Bay, three points behind. So you know, and we've discussed, how quickly the standings can change. If the Islanders continue to stick to their goaltending rotation, look for Simeon Varlamov in between the pipes for the Islanders on Saturday. Uh, The Sabres have more or less alternated between Linus Olmark and Carter Hutton. Uh, Olmark has started 17 games. He is 9-6-2 with one shutout, a 2-8-3 goals against average, and a 9-16 save percentage. Carter Hutton, 6-5-4. He has two shutouts, a 3.05 goals against average, and a 9-01 save percentage. So Olmark, the more consistent player. But when you talk Buffalo Sabres, the guy you really, really need to look out for, without doubt, is Jack Eichel. He has really come into his own this year, taking his game to a new level. Going into last night's game in 32 contests, Eichel, 20 goals, 24 points, uh, 24 assists rather, 44 points, and a plus 13, plus minus. uh, 13 of his 44 points coming on the power play, and he also has been clutch. He's got four game-winning goals. Other leading scorers, Victor Olofsson, he has 12 goals and 28 points. Sam Reinhart, 12 goals, 25 points, followed by Jeff Skinner with 11 goals and 18 points. But after that, a big drop-off. So the Sabres really rely very much on their top players. You look at their statistics, the goals for, they are 11th in the league, 
Goals against, they are 20th. The power play, 17.5% success rate. That puts them at 20th, but their penalty kill is just at 74%, and that is 29th or second from the bottom. Uh, So that's where the Islanders should try to take advantage. Power play clicking very well uh, against Florida, scoring two power play goals. It should, or hopefully will, continue uh, against the Buffalo Sabres. A lot of injuries. Matt Hunwick still out. Tag Thompson, Vladimir Sabatka, and Rasmus Dahlin all sitting out with injuries right now for the Buffalo Sabres. So they're a little bit shorthanded uh, on the ice, but still getting the job done. And after a very, very fast start, Still in second place, as I mentioned, in that Atlantic division. The top line, Eichel, Eichel centering Olafson and Reinhardt. Marcus Johansson centers the second line with Vesey and, and Asplund on his wings. And then the third line in this matchup, Casey Middlestat centering Jeff Skinner and Connor Sheary. You look at the defense pairings, Rasmus Dahlin and Colin Miller are the top pairing. Rasmus Ritsalainen and Brandon Montour are the second pairing, while Jake McCabe and Henri Jokaharju are the third pairing. So that is the lineup the Islanders are facing. Not an easy team, and the Islanders, again, important that they get some production from their power play because that is where the Buffalo Sabres appear to be most vulnerable. That's going to do it for us on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. I want to wish everybody a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with a full analysis of the Islanders game against the Sabres. Plus, we'll preview next week's games, and we'll have this date in Islanders history and a whole lot more as we analyze and break down all things Islanders. I'm Gil Martin, your host. Thanks for listening to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.